We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. The Horror at Red Hook by H.P. Lovecraft. Actually, is this our first one we've done of his? I think so. Now, have you read H.P. Lovecraft before? I don't know if I've actually read the Cthulhu mythos or if I just played the board games that are based on those stories. Well, he is someone that is legendary. And you mentioned some of his lore, some of his myths. There, there's all these intertextual stories about movies, TV shows that um, my wife and I, we were kind of talking about this. One of the things that got me interested in like diving more into his works was there was a show called Lovecraft Country. And what's interesting about it, it was an HBO show, it was a TV series, but what's interesting about it is uh, one of the things that kind of surrounds Lovecraft is that uh, one is there's the cosmic horror, there's the, the fearful, uh, the descriptive, maybe sometimes prose, purple prose, but also what kind of surrounds him sometimes is this, this fear of uh, xenophobia, of foreigners and stuff like that. And some of these shows like the Lovecraft's Country and actually the horror Red Hook has a partner novella written years later by uh, an African-American that basically looks at it from the opposite point of view, from the minority or the, like, you know, the, 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 the black point of view for uh, the Ballad of Black Tom that kind of talks about the foreigner version of looking at it through, through their eyes, because he always has a, a distinct look at what it means to be foreign in America, H.P. Lovecraft. I did look up a little bit about him, as we always do, because I think it's important to know perspective of why did he write this way. And it was interesting learning about his upbringing from a very conservative family and the way that he viewed people and that he did moderate, uh, you know, himself. And he did, uh, uh, he became a little bit more accepting, I think, as he got older. And he was uh, very much a supporter of uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And uh, he understood the the need or the acceptance of people coming into the country, but he felt like they really needed to assimilate, uh, assimilate to American culture. Uh, but he, he seemed to kind of change his tone. But some of these earlier uh, writings, definitely you can see the, uh, I don't know so much about these people from other countries vibe in them. That's, that's very, very apparent in this piece anyway. Well, maybe you know more than I do. I, I do not know a ton about him, but I did look up a little bit about his life. Did you see that he grew up in Rhode Island, like Providence, like it's small, smallish area, uh, more suburb kind of affluent area was my understanding of his upbringing. And you'll notice like that's, that's, it's interesting the way the story is, architected because the main character almost starts out in that sleepy suburban town. Not only does it have that xenophobic vibe to it, but it definitely feels like it's this urban versus rural feeling, right? Where you have the lifestyle of the rural is kind of more positive and the urban lifestyle is more negative. I, I definitely had that feeling. Okay. No, I, I felt the same way. And I was going to ask you that question because, you know, when he's scared of the red brick building in the beginning and 
runs away and kind of falls down in hysteria. You know, the, the people come to say, oh, what's going on? Like, are you okay? Like, people help him up, I think. Uh, I don't remember the exact words they describe, but it's it's a community feel. You know what I mean? If there's, if there's one stereotype of a suburb, it's, uh, you know, you've seen like the HBO show Weeds, where they, yeah. even in the song, <laughs> talks about how they're all made out of ticky-tacky, they all look like clay. Like, there's this idea of mass production of similarity there, there's an idea of fitting in is a it's a broad stroke comment but i think it's true for the suburbs too on some levels how there's this element of community this element of of sticking together so oh. if we compare that in the story to him moving to the city just like he did in, in real life how he moved to new york and he sees this melting pot cities, it's not the same as suburban life, right? There's a lot more about how do you stand out, the the style, the, fa- the fashion, like it all changes when you hit a lot of these bigger cities, I would say. In the urban settings, you're going to see a lot more diversity and variety and people are looking for that that notoriety of this is why I'm different and how to stand out more. I think it just comes with the territory of more people too that you're going to interact with. That's going to change your perspective immediately. Uh, and, and if you're not used to that, you're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to have a negative feeling towards that, I think, until you find your place in it. And maybe Lovecraft was projecting in this story of how he was trying to find his place in New York at the time. And, of course, he wrote this as his outlet. Uh, interesting that it does take that sci-fi, typical Lovecraft twist towards uh, gloom and doom and demons and everything. Uh, and I didn't kind of, I, I knew that Lovecraft, of course, would always have some type of element in his stories, but wow, did it go way farther than I thought it was going to with this murder investigation. Well, you know, cosmicism, right? Like to throw that term out there, it's this idea that my understanding of it is that we're meaningless in the grand scheme of the universe, Right, it's kind of like that existentialist fear of of my purpose, uh, of my value. When we look at that from the perspective of you know H.P. Lovecraft, when he went to New York, kind of replicating this this Malone in in the series, this detective, he's thrust into this world where there's all these people that are vying for attention, attempting to stand out, and one of the things that stands out. Okay, so so that's like a a broad statement about human behavior. But when we look at it from a perspective of what does, what stands out to detective Malone, like in, in his mind, the character's mind, he is so shocked by the people that are not American. You know what I mean? Like all these foreigners where he's, he's even talking about how some of them come from these foreign lands with these foreign gods and how they're devil worshipers. Right. And some of that, I was just like, Oh man, this character really is not tolerant of people that look or, or act differently than him, right? Like, like there's 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 a couple terms that we could throw around to describe that type of person, but it's it's obviously someone that's not very tolerant of differences. I would say. Uh, so, kind of a follow up statement. I, I have a quote from the story that I love that I think kind of encapsulates all of that is: Modern people under lawless conditions tend uncannily to repeat the darkest, indistinctive patterns of primitive half ape savagery. I was like, oh, okay, this this guy's got some uh, interesting beliefs. But I, I kind of think, do you think that Detective Malone is Lovecraft? I, is he personifying how Lovecraft kind of felt when he was in New York? You know, there's, there's similarities, but I, I don't 
to me, I, I don't want to make the argument that this is autobiographical and stuff like that, but okay. I, I will make this argument. We've read stories such as the house of Asterion, right? Or even when you look at famous plays like uh, wicked, which is taking the point of view from uh, the wicked, Witch of the West, right? What made her evil was that society shunned her for being different, for being green, looking different. What made the minotaur different in house of Asterion was that he was half bull, right? Society freaked out and, and ran away when they saw him. He was so fearful and gruesome because he looked different. Yeah. Here is Detective Malone almost kind of like saying like, oh, those foreigners, right? Like they're different. Like, oh, they're scary. It's it's this fear of the unknown that I feel like just exudes this piece. And then you have Robert uh, Sudham enter into the story as... The the villain, I, I almost feel like he's kind of written as the hero in a strange way. If you're thinking as Malone is kind of the villain, is well, kind of how you know, I look at it. I mentioned earlier that there was a looking at this from a, a separate perspective, the uh, Ballad of Black Tom, I think it is, where it was a black author took a black character and had him go be one of the underlings underneath Sudom or however you pronounce his name. Uh, how did he get pulled into this? How did they start to summon this? I think it was called like Sleeping God or something like that. But it, it's a perspective shift to your point of of what did it mean to be in those opposite pairs of shoes, which I think is very valuable from a literature standpoint. Uh, we've talked before about how there's a really classic example where when you talk about the story Beowulf, right? Oh, there's this monster that comes along, and just destroys and kills people. Obviously, it's bad. But then there was that 1971 Gardner novella, novel that, that looked at it from Grendel's point of view, where he had this hearing problem and these humans were causing all this pain to him because of all their partying and they were so loud and boisterous every night. It's kind of a matter of perspective, right? Like the character Malone sees so much evil, but he's, to me, he's projecting it and, and maybe this is my modern eyes. You know, let's 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 not try and like look at like this as if we're perfect rose colored glasses type people. But he does have this fear of those that are different. If someone's different than me, they must worship the devil because they don't believe in what I think is right. And what I'm told is the good thing is kind of the sense that I got. OK, oh, I like that. Now, do you think that Sudom is he he's he de-ages himself and then we go into the tunnel underneath the the mansion which like leads to the other alternate universe or whatever uh i out of this kind of what, what do you think that represents is this the hellscape supposed to be hell sin you know i, I to me it was kind of one of these things where you hear so much about these horror writers about uh, what are they what's the big twist right so i was almost kind of expecting something like that and for me, I was just, maybe I was conditioned because I, like I said earlier, I was, I was coming at this from like the Lovecraft country. I knew about the, the Ballad of Black Tom, that I knew that this was a story that's very renowned for exhibiting uh, Lovecraft, Lovecraft's like xenophobia, like his fear of, of non-Americans and such. Right. So to me, I was almost kind of picturing it of him manifesting evil, representing what's different. And 
evil for this reality is that which is different, that which is stepping into the foreigners and what they're bringing to uh, to America. They're polluting America. And like they even talked about how they had to quarantine these foreigners and stuff like that. To me, the this this whole ending, this this mystic thing was a manifestation of what happens if you allow people to change your perfect view of society in a sense. Hmm. So you think that Malone was imagining it? Was he having an anxiety panic attack? I mean, because I feel like it almost is, it's too real to be just his a figment of his imagination that he's projecting onto these people. No, I don't think it's a figment. I, I think this okay. is, uh, when I'm saying that, I'm saying like, uh, sorry, I was kind of speaking from the perspective of Lovecraft was trying to elicit what happens when your perfect reality is polluted in a sense. Um, so I, I don't know, but it's, it's hard to say because so I think, you know, in my real life, I just came back from Ireland, right? And one of the interesting conversations I had with one of the the Irish over there is like when you ask an Irishman, where, where are you from? They, they tell you the dang cunt, like the dang city, the county. There's not a ton of counties in Ireland where they came from, right? And what's interesting is in America, it's the same thing. Like I came, I came from Chicago, right? Like, or I came from Ohio. But then you right. can ask like the second question, no where are you from? Right. Because a lot of us in terms of like white Americans, right. This, this is, unless you're indigenous native American, a lot of us migrated here. This is, this is a melting pot country, which is part of the fear of how he painted New York to me. So you ask that question again, okay. a lot of us will say, well, I'm Irish. I'm, I'm my family's from, from Germany, you know, Oh, two, two generations ago, we're part Polish, part German. Uh, there's this, there's this idea that we're, a country made up of a lot of immigrants. And even then in the story, like Thomas Malone was like, they made mention of it several times. Dublin born, wasn't it? Irish. There you go. And how even Sudan was Dutch, I think in the background. So it's interesting how Lovecraft specifically makes sure that every character has this heritage that has migrated to this area. Yet there's still this separation, this, uh, fear of the unknown in the, even in the characters' minds. I was just thinking about it. It's really interesting historically, if you think about it, that the Irish at certain times were just as shunned, I feel like, as the same characters that Malone himself is shunning, and he's an Irishman, and you go back another hundred years, and he would have been the one that everybody would have been looking down upon. Uh, that's very interesting. I have a question, but I'm not sure how to phrase it without leading you. Okay. Um, Lead me. I'm the pretty I'm, one. I'm, I'm, tr I'm trying my best <laughs> to stay neutral. The main character, Malone, has certain expectations about how groups of people behave. Is that right or wrong? Ooh, that's a tough question. That's deep. Uh, I do I think it maybe is if you're looking at it, if they're supposed to be behaving in a positive or negative manner. Uh, if you look at a group of people and you say, those people behave this way and that way is always negative, then I think it is wrong. But I guess it, it, it well, stereotyping who, who is tough. Who determines negative for that perspective? I think the people themselves, right? If you're like, oh yeah, we always do this. this we're known for this whatever you know uh, acceptance you know, from uh, from that class you're saying kind of 
Yeah, so I mean, let's take the Irish for example, because that's what Malone is. If the if the Irish themselves are like, yeah, we're big drinkers, you know, that's a stereotype, but it's true, and we're okay with it, we accept it, then maybe it's not a bad thing. But if it's you know a negative one, oh, the Irish are this, and it's something negative, then I th- then I think it's wrong. It's almost like you're saying, does the class it's describing accept the expectation? Right. And it's yes, not like 100%. Except the stereotype is it's true. not 100%. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, to me, what's so strange about this story is okay, so we talked about House of Asterion. Uh, we talked about Wicked, the play. When we look at the country or world of Oz or Asterion, when we're talking about it, these are fictitious things. They're, they're meant to be representations, they're imaginative. There's a certain amount of danger, I think, with painting. Uh, real people into your stories because to me, I don't know how much of an analog these characters were meant to be, but I think, I think there's a danger when you're saying these groups of people are devil worshipers and those are real groups of people in real life that um, it's sometimes hard to separate that. I think, I think it can be a very precarious situation that I think it crosses the line sometimes depending on how separate from reality you are and if, when you start to say these groups of people are this way, it, it can really get, I think, you in trouble very quick, particularly at least by today's modern eyes, that when when we read this today, that I'm just like, whew, <laughs> this is not something that um, typically flies very well from like a modern acceptance standpoint. And I've been trying to wonder why, right? Because there's certain things to your point that when someone's like, Americans are this way, like when I was in Ireland, I'm just like, that's not true. Like we're not all that way. That's not fair. And there's somewhere I'm like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You nailed us with that one for sure. Can I put that on my credit card? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'd like to pay my credit card. No, I I think that it, I think that it comes to the positive or negative. Uh, I think it is a lot of perspective though of, what does that devil worship mean? Because as you said before, if the perspective is is that it's something positive to that group, then it's just Malone himself interpretation of it being negative, right? Uh, a great modern example is like cursing, all right? For most people, depending, I think, on your age bracket, cursing is seen as negative. But for many groups and for many age brackets, cursing is a natural way of speaking to convey how you feel. So it depends, I think, as you said so many times, on perspective here of what does that that devil worship truly mean? It, it, was, it was just so weird when you compare it to reality that I was trying to, I was struggling with what, with what was he trying to convey sometimes. And if you just look at it at a surface level of like a detective was investigating something, uh, he, he was chasing this guy that was kind of like down and out and then suddenly started marrying up and we find this god that's being worshipped and we find this uh, building that collapses once we investigate it at a story level under the plot didn't speak to me a whole bunch but the 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 there was a certain element of of how it made me feel uh it was, it was this cosmic horror was definitely haunting a great halloween read and then at the same time, even from like a period piece perspective, I'm like, oh, I, I don't know if this is a commonly accepted way to look at these days. And I think that comes to, I don't want to say dated, but I think we have a different value system of what we accept to your point of what should or shouldn't be accepted from how we expect 
people to behave. Because let's be honest, people are very complex, and it's almost unfair sometimes to summarize people in these broad state statements. Yeah, definitely. I've, I felt like overall, uh, it was a great Halloween piece because of the, the Lovecraftian element added on to it. Without that, it it was very lacking. Obviously, that made the story, you know, with that sci-fi horror element added in there. Otherwise, yeah, maybe on the surface, you could just take it as a very simple story of xenophobia of Detective Malone in New York in the 1920s. And I you could probably infer which group he, you know, doesn't like. Um, but that's for you to interpret. But overall, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that the 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 sci-fi element added on here is is really the piece that kind of piqued me. And I just, I kept looking maybe for more for these analogies and what mm. allegory is here and what does the God represent? What is the, uh, you know, pseudom de-ages and then he re-ages, um, you know, what, what does the God represent here? Uh, why does Malone go crazy? Uh, is he going crazy because of feeling overwhelmed by all these new people in New York? Is... Has he accepted it so he feels like he's a failure? Uh, like, oh, man, I'm becoming part of this too. Um, did he see that he was wrong and it was like maybe almost like a broken heart uh, aneurysm type thing of like, wow, I'm a terrible person? There, There's a lot here that you can go in different angles. But yeah, I think without that sci-fi element, it's it, it wasn't what I would have enjoyed otherwise. But I did enjoy it. It was, it was, it was a fun read for Halloween. I think it's one of those stories that is very rare that I don't think, who knows what the author intended, right? Like, it's almost kind of like an exercise in futility to say what the author probably meant. But I almost feel that whatever he was going for is almost irrelevant compared to what does a 1920s, you know, affluent white suburban American think compared to today, that I think that that's almost more illuminating than anything else that the story conveys, which, which I thought was, was rather interesting. So, well, that would be hard, right? I mean, you would have education. I mean, besides the time period, education is gonna be very different. The job, uh, you know, police officer, you're seeing a lot of terrible things. So I mean, not to, I don't know, would never know what it's, I would never presume to know what it's like to be a police officer, but a lot of times you're going into a situation looking very negative down upon things because that's just what you see every single day. I mean, 1920s, New York, cop from the suburban area in in an urban area. Oh, that, I mean, that had to be tough. All right. We will leave a playlist down below of other Lovecraft stories if we cover more in the future. My name has been Una. Make sure you hit that subscribe and like button. I'd really appreciate it. Peace out. Happy Halloween.